Brawl, 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 brawl. Hey, hey, look at all those smiling faces. Kevin and I were pleasantly surprised to see so many of you on the call last Saturday. Thanks for that. Welcome to Seaside Pod Review. What's this all about, you ask? Well, Kevin and I fire up the old Victrola, carefully dust off the record, and we play it for 30 seconds, and, and then we talk, and then we listen for another 30 seconds, and then Kev says, well, what do you think about that? And then I say, well, you know what? Brand new angle, sucks. But then Kev says, well, Seaside Pod Review. Seaside Pod Review. As if. Seaside Pod Review. What's he got for beer there, Mr. Woods? Oh, he's not, he's not drinking beer. Have you started dry January already then, or what? Well, I've started January 2nd dry, anyhow. <laughs> yeah, I'm just cleaning up what I have in the fridge, and then I'm done for January, so. Yeah, yeah, it's probably not a bad idea, Kev. Mm-hmm. So, we had a we had a pretty successful uh, quiz on Saturday. It's bloody good fun, I thought. Well, I thought so, too. Uh, and I did mention to everybody who was there that you did all the heavy lifting, Kev, and we do appreciate it. I think I think everybody had a good time. It was on the honor system, and there was a few people that that got a hundred percent. I don't know if that's really. <laughs> yeah, I, I was one of them. <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck was going on there. <laughs> yeah, we had a, I mean, we had a range of scores. Like I said to everyone on the call, I mean, if you get if you get sixty percent on one of my quizzes, that's that's a pretty fucking good score because I don't I make them you know easy questions and hard questions because. It's mm-hmm. more of a challenge then. And I, I like to think that you learn a few things, which people said they did. So, you know. Always, it's always about the learning with Kev. It's always a teaching moment with Kev. Always a teaching moment. Yeah. But the, uh, I think that. Coach Kev coming out. Yeah. It's my pedagogical streak. Yeah. I mean, it, I think the one that surprised most people was the, uh, was the apartheid question. You know, not I'm saying I didn't really know what apartheid was. And it was, it was John Deacon, not Richard Taylor. That threw a few people for a loop. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think the top scores from what I've been reading is Doug Curran got 37. Yeah. Owen Ling got 36 and PJ got 35. I think those, oh, Melissa uh, also got 35. So those were sort of the top scores. And then there was a few in the sort of, you know, around that 30, a few were in the 24, 25. So I think everyone did pretty fucking well. That's right. Yeah. You know, Maybe you should throw them a few more softballs, Kev, so we can get those those scores. Or we're going to start grading on a curve? What's going on here? We're going to start grading on a curve. We're going with the percentile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then that means someone's going to be like in the one percentile, which is that's never a good place to be. Because then you could score, you know, like if you scored 25 out of 50, mm-hmm. you could still be down at the foot of the table. I know. So who, who needs that in their life? I know, hey? But yeah, we're going to, so we're going to do, someone had asked, um, you know, about, when the next one is and whether we're going to wait till Christmas or Christmas time to do it. And I think we'll, we'll look at doing one in sometime around summer. And I was thinking as like a celebration of live ed might be a decent sort of theme to do it around. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking. A Saturday or a Sunday sort of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. What do you say to that Woods? I think it's all right. You know, maybe this time you can give me a little bit of notice. <laughs> Instead of polling everybody that's listened, instead of your, I guess, I guess co-host, you know? Co-host, best friend, confidant, musical starting, mentor. Starting to feel like second class fucking citizen over here. Oh, boo fucking who? 
Are you uh, are you going out on you going out to sea regular soon there with your uh, your little life jacket on that you got on there? Yeah, Kev, I'm going out to fucking sea. <laughs> For fuck's sake. What a bullshit question is that? We're landlocked, buddy. There's not a fucking lake within fucking 50 miles of us. Man, why are you wearing a life preserver, buddy? <laughs> was it? It was, it was um, Back to the Future, I remember? When Marty goes into the yeah, cafe. Yeah, it's, it's my Back to the Future vest, man. Don't fucking yeah. knock it. it was, oh. I was cold walking in between the house and the studio. <laughs> hey, kid, what'd you do? Jump ship? What? Well, what's with the life preserver? Ah, it, is, Lord. it is quite a distance. And so you were nerding out with your nerd ball tonight? I was bowling for the first time this year. And it's the first time actually in th- four weeks, I think, because I missed the last couple as well. So I, I bowled very, very, very poorly, Randy. Yes. Way under my average. So that's you know, no good. Who gives a shit? It's just bowling. It's just nerd ball. Nobody cares yeah. about nerd ball. Nerd. Do you do any ice bowling? Ice bowling? Oh, I've never mm-hmm. tried ice bowling. Why, why, can you give me some sort of give me the lowdown and all that? What's the mechanics of that? How does it work? Because isn't, isn't that curling ice bowling? Yeah, oh. exactly. Oh, no, have you, ever, done, have you ever done that? I haven't. Oh yeah, I would say it's very similar. You know, there's a lot of similarities. There's lots of differences. Number one, Kev, you're on ice. The whole surface is ice. <laughs> so uh, you got to sort of just kind of mind your. Uh, you know, bind your 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 footing, because you wouldn't want to fall and bang your very very soft soft head. <laughs> in your in your case, I fucking wouldn't at my age. Can't fall over at my age. I might not get back up. Can't be falling at fifty. Jesus Christ! Horrendous state of affairs. All right, enough fucking around here. We got fucking business to do. You know. We met you know, all these lovely people face face to face. We met them all. And now 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 we've got to get down to the serious, serious fucking business of fucking podcasting. Oh, that was one last word on that though. I was quite disappointed that none of them are assholes because it makes it very difficult to be mean. I know. I know. All so fine I guess, people. I guess we'll just have to continue to pile on you then, hey Kev? I suppose that's the only it's the only uh the only option, I guess. I <laughs> I mean, and even if it wasn't, it wouldn't fucking stop you. So. No, no, it wouldn't. No, you're right. Okay, well, last week, we had a Roger song about purple shoes and 45s called Tenement mm-hmm. Funster. Mm-hmm. And we had an unprecedented moment in the 61 episodes to date mm-hmm. of the podcast in that I'd let you change your vote if you wanted to, and you did change your vote. So you yeah. went from up to down. I think you could you could just tell, as I was describing it, that, that I, I had made the wrong call and uh, and then you stepped in and did the right call and let me vote again and uh, and then I then I made the right call and then I don't vote it <laughs> <laughs> well I, you went to fan you know and you gave cogent reasons you know incorrect reasons but cogent reasons nonetheless yeah, um, yeah. and then we tried to guess how our uh, our wonderful listeners um, we're going to vote on Twitter mm-hmm do you remember how we voted? I, I don't, man. This I, one, no. I just don't. Okay, well, uh, I voted, I went 88-12, oh, champion. Okay. You went 75-25. Oh, wow. So based on a quick bit of mathematics, Randy, what are the poll results and who won? 
Well, it looks like we got a champion at 81.1 and Biting Dust at 18.9. And I would say that would put me a little touch closer. Just a hair close. You're at 6.1% out. I'm yeah. 6.9% out. So, you know. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud Thanks. of you, buddy. Yeah. Hey. Thanks, man. <laughs> David A. Wilson says, Disgraceful hair, purple shoes, loud music, a scoundrel with the local ladies. A 15-year-old me was in awe of this self-pompous <laughs> rock and roller, but 53-year-old me thinks this guy is just an annoying dick splat. <laughs> dick splat. That's a good one. Uh, but it's a fucking great song and and an essential champion for me. Yeah. yeah. I, had, I hadn't heard dick splat in fucking years, probably... 35 30 35 years into that that insult well, i thought I mean, it's coming back it's coming back it's been 53 years for me so <laughs> <laughs> lisa malloy says champion for me but i'm with kev on this one to me it's not one of their top tier songs on a brilliant album i never skip it but i find myself waiting expectantly for the ending where it transitions into flick of the wrist which is a goddamn stunning track and we did play a little bit of that transition for you. And I think that once we do flick yeah. of the wrist, we'll do a little bit of the transition out just so you can see again sort of the, mm-hmm. the stitching. Yeah. Lynn Davidson said, there is no Roger dust until jazz. This is perfect. Classic Roger. Must admit, I was giving Mr. Randy some choice words whilst listening on my way to work. He just doesn't get it. <laughs> so, get it, Mr. Woods. Get it. Uh, Chrissy says, as a medley, fine. On its own, only just a dust. It is par for the course, angsty Roger being a youth fair but i think such a vibe is better achieved on drows which you also dusted randy um i didn't want to dust it especially given how cool purple shoes are <laughs> ne- never owned any myself no no well actually i i do i shouldn't say that uh Ruddy rutherford says sorry mr randy but game show rules apply we must accept your first <laughs> answer <laughs> uh kudos for uh, to kev for letting you change it as i was also surprised at your vote given your comments this has always been a satisfying tune. Probably my second fave Raj sung track. Permanent playlist. Yeah. So uh, I think Ruddy likes it. It's on my playlist. Yeah. Our good pal Paul Bradbury says, I'm actually with Senior Randy on this one. The song is fine, but I don't get why it's so widely adored by so many fans. It's close, but it's on the dust pile. Yeah. See, Paul's a man of reason, and uh, that's why we get along so good, Paul and I. Well, you know, and he did say senior, Randy, so he's he's calling you old, you know, that's just... No, I think he means senior. Oh, I don't think so. I mean, he didn't, he didn't, yeah. he didn't make any uh, correction on that uh, that I can see here. I mean, there's four oh. comments, but I'm, I'm sure one of them isn't Paul correcting the, the typo, no. so, you know. I don't think so. Yeah, you're probably right. We should just move on. Probably leave it there, eh? Alex yeah, Small says, riff, lyrics, rock and roll, feeling young, rebellious. Roger pulls out all those stops. And a word in the title that won't be found in the Oxford English. Just splendiferous. Yeah, funster isn't not really a word, but it's, it's a good one anyway. Uh, Pete, Pete Min 70 says, uh, great tune, one of the raspy throated ones, finest. And Jim C, he says, it's 70s Queen. It's on Sheer Heart Attack. It's an automatic winner. That album was the first Queen record I had heard and it's been coming uh, to my emotional rescue ever since. Yeah, I saw what you did there, Jim. Now I'm old and I'm poor and I'm crazy. Uh, yeah, very nice, Mr. Curtis Sparkles. Edishkaya Beltranova says, champion for sure. And Paul says, my favorite Roger track, one of my favorite Queen tracks. Wow. 
Uh, the vocal, the lyric, I love everything about it. Roger on the early albums was at his best for me. No need to write hits. Just bring the best song and record it. Simple. That well, does seem simple, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> I think musically most of his best stuff came in the 70s. I think a lot of the stuff he did in the, like in the hot space, Miracle era was a bit, a bit ball tightening. But I'm not, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to say because, I mean, he, he wrote Gaga in the 80s and don't think he really topped that one. But anyway, uh, midwife Nikki says, righto, confession time. Anything sung by Roger is a champion. He's a great singer. My favorite soloist from the band by a million miles. Also, when I said everything, I didn't mean Two Sharp Pencils. Even I'm not that mad. That's a that's a song, Two Sharp Pencils? I think. Must be. Two, I, don't, I, don't know what I mean, pencils up the nose. If you put your pencils up your nose, your underpants on your head and go, wobble. That'll probably get you out of uh, military service in Blackadder. Which didn't uh, fucking work, by the way, but I don't know if that's what she's referring to either, so. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> you see, Baldrick, in order to prevent war in Europe, two super blocks developed. Us, the French and the Russians on one side, and the Germans and Austro-Hungary on the other. The idea was to have two vast opposing armies, each acting as the other's deterrent. That way, there could never be a war. But this is a sort of a war, isn't it, sir? Yes, that's right. You see, there was a tiny flaw in the plan. What was that, sir? It was bollocks. <laughs> uh, Ian Winnick. Uh, this is champion for me because it's an integral part of sheer heart attack, and I've heard it a thousand times before. But I can understand his randiness, or a lesser, or less randy human being, not warming to it after just two listens. Same goes for the Prophet song. <gasps> I think Ian maybe is on your side. I think you've I think you've got a convert there, Randy. Well, Ian's a man of reason and uh, <laughs> large brain capacity. I can see, you know, see how you might come around. Uh, Andy Hall. You know, you know what he says, Kev? Tell me. With sheer heart attack, the whole is truly greater than the sum of its parts. Each and every song on that album has a purpose. And even if Tenement primarily serves as a precursor for flick of the wrist, imagine a world where a killer queen collides directly. No thanks champion yeah going from killer queen into flick of the wrist i don't think it would work as well i think he's got a bloody good point there i think that would be a bit weird i might try secrets in tomorrow and see how it goes You're a madman. Uh, Steve at Steve Rocks, he says, Queen Rocks, sorry, he says, uh, what wins this one over for me is the sound on Roger's drums, his trademark opening of a hi-hat on the two and the four, which I've adopted, and those gigantic fills are ace. Roger has been one of my biggest influences, and I love listening to him play, especially on Tenement Funster. Champagne. Uh, and Rob Maher says, champion, I make no apologies for this being my favorite Roger sung Queen track. But so many songs on Sheer Heart Attack hang together on the songs surrounding them, which is always the downside of reviewing them in isolation. So, Randy, we're good this week. <laughs> but you know, uh, and and so I mean that's a good point. So I don't I don't know these songs. I don't know how they come in order. And, and then and then I didn't have this song these any this this album. I didn't have it when I was a little kid. Yeah. So so I don't have so I don't have that emotional attachment to it. And uh, but you know everybody's being awful nice about it, Kev. Yeah. 
Uh, it is though. Again, we talked about it as being part of a medley. It's the same with the with the Beatles melody on Abbey Road, right? I mean, some of those songs are a bit like, okay, well, you wouldn't listen to that on its own. Yeah. Polythene Pam doesn't really make a ton of sense on its own. Yeah, you know, you probably you, you might dust that one if you were of a mind. But as part mm-hmm. of the of the medley, well, then it's got to be there, right? So it's the same kind of thing. So yeah, if you don't know, yeah, everything that's on either side of it, of course, it's going to be different. Um, Andrew Holloway says, "Top Rog from a time when his lyrical quirkiness was a strength." Not sure what happened, but certainly from the late 90s, his wordsmithing became very clunky. Maybe it was just laziness as he got older. Who knows? This, however, is great. Yeah, and we haven't done any solo Roger stuff yet. We've only done the one um, solo song, and that was Brian, and had no lyrics in it. Um, so once we get into some of the Roger stuff, I think you'll see a, you'll see an, un, an unfettered side of Mr. Taylor, mm. where he's got no one else saying, hey, I don't, no, no, Roger, that's not maybe your strongest. So Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Ursel says, I really like the slow anticipation building opening, and then it's an absolute rush when the main riff kicks in on the ooh, give me a good guitar. This song is my mood every time I hear it. Throw away, feel good, and absolute essence of Roger. Champion. There you go. Uh, and Blagpie says, I wrote the song with a hard-on that just won't go down. <laughs> I'm going to get a bit famous, and girls kind of like me. And Brian is in the hospital, so I'm going to make this song sound like he wished he played on it. <laughs> That's from the Roger Taylor unpublished <laughs> diary, <laughs> chapter 1.4. Nice work. Nice work. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how you got your hands on that unpublished diary. <laughs> That's great. And Rob Hatton says, uh, gotta be a champion for me. It's one of those angsty Roger tracks full of the swagger and bravado and general coolness that can be somewhat lacking in other band members. Though I can understand Mr. Randy's reticence to upvote the song, given his outside perspective. Yes. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. People have been very kind. I know. Hey, it's I like it. It's nice. Yeah, and this was before we even got on live with them too. So you know, it wasn't I after know. they were charmed by your enigmatic uh, personality and, and film star good looks. You know, <laughs> Adita at my chameleon days says there's nothing wrong with some basic rock and roll about having fun and being different. This song is good. It's very Roger, and it sure is a champion. Darren Hellowell says champion, great lyrics. Roger songs in the seventies were mostly great. Saw him play it live a couple of times in his nineties solo tours. That would be kind of cool, actually, to see him do it, uh, to do it live, I think. Nice, yeah. Jay Fodd, an ode to youthful whimsy. A wonderful little tale of a scamp just wanting a car and guitar. Then he soon realized that women and drinking, loving and thinking, they do it to you every time. Champion. Even if it's the Glenn Levitt babbling. So, <laughs> you know, the whiskey often will take the mic and, and just get online and, and start uh, tweeting for you, Jay Fodd. So that's, that's all fine. We're all good. Uh, Pink. Pink P007. Absolutely wonderful. Sitting between KQ. You know this one, Randy. Come on, you can get this one. Big hit. Killer Queen and Flick. That's Flick of the Wrist, I'm assuming. It's a joy. Uh, when he wrote Blasters, they were the best. And uh, Top Layton says, uh, absolutely first class. 24 karat unadulterated Roger Brilliance. 
a pip and a dandy of a song. I remember him. Uh, I remember seeing him play it on the Happiness Tour, and the crowd just lost their shit every time. Utterly, utterly fantastic. So mm-hmm. says Leighton Brown. Top cooks, top He's got the look. Alice's dad, a.k.a. Barry John Williams. As context is king. Taken on its own, this is not near Roger's best. It's a fairly basic teenage rebellion song, ready for a dusting, but I can't take it on its own. It's part of something bigger, and in that context, with the other songs it's with, it's a definite champion. So again, we're getting, getting lots of that where people are sort of reminding you that it's, uh, it's part of a suite, so that's fine. And Paul Walbyoff says, a champion, an early Roger classic, raw. Rocky and a great song from the early 70s era, Queen. Very nice. And E.M. Ling, if there's a filler on the album, it's Stone Cold Crazy or Leroy Brown. <laughs> Tenement is magnificent work. Uh, did not we didn't know he's gonna go that way, but but he did it. Um, yeah, and he got caught, he got taken to task in the comments about that. I mean, you know, he has <laughs> he has opinions, he has strong opinions, and they're crazy sometimes, but you know, people call him out on them, so it's all good. Doomy McDoombutt which is a fantastic name, Randy. I think we can all agree. Uh, it says, this is the first time I've listened to an episode of yours. Quinn sent me. So that's Quinn from and volume for all the phenomenal heavy metal podcasts that you should all be listening to. Uh, it says, this song was a definite bites the dust. As part of the medley, it's tolerable. As a standalone, it's just weak. It goes nowhere. The melody is below average for a Queen song. So we've got a, a new cardinal ally by the looks of it, Randy. Yeah, see, Doobie and I, just two peas in the pod. Uh, Harry Hussey, says champion. Can I justify that? Yeah, not sure. Roger's written better songs for Queen, but I've always loved the sound and atmosphere of this one, enough to overcome its shortcomings. So there you go. And Harry, I should mention, is a, is a stand-up comedian, Randy. Um, and I was chatting to him a little bit offline. I think we, we should probably get him on at some point. We've got, we're going to start doing guests, folks, at some point uh, in the near future. We're going to have at least one guest on a season. Whether Randy likes it or not, Randy likes, you know, he just likes to keep it between us because he's just, you know, he's just an old fuddy-duddy. But I think having a few people on will we'll just change the energy in the room, Randy. We'll see about that. <laughs> uh, Doug Curran, Doug Seabus says, I like the good things in life and Tenement Funster is one of them. Marina Wool, Bow Speakers, and Grey Poupon are some <laughs> others. <laughs> hey, do you know that Roger Taylor uses the word fun? A lot in song and al- album titles and lyrics. 19 times by my count. Hey, I never put that together. Very interesting. Uh, uh, and uh, Aaron Mullen says, amused by Kev pressuring Mr. <laughs> Randy into his initial champ vote. Uh, fair play to the Cardinal for having the Cajones to do an uh, about turn. A noble principled act. Still completely wrong, though, as Tenement <laughs> Funk. Funster uh, holds champion status. It's the law. I, yes, that's a new law. Must have been just passed fairly recently, but <laughs> hey, it's, it's a law. Well, I heard, Randy, that once upon a time you fought the law. Oh, but the law won, didn't it? Yeah, that's yeah, right. The law, the law won. Yeah. And uh, I think just before you read Hugh Jenkins here, I think that uh, we should uh, mention the brilliant sign that that Hugh brought to the uh, the quiz. He had a, a nice handmade sign that said, uh, "Go fuck yourself." So, <laughs> just before Kev reads out your tweet, there, Hugh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> when Hugh says, a Roger song with a Roger vocal is almost an automatic champion for me. What can I say? I love the guy's voice. Never the best lyricist, but there's some great lines in this one. 
the end of the song is a bit like Prophet's song, Into Love of My Life, in You Don't Know Where It Ends. Great point. I like that. Uh, Blair Ra, 98. Which I'm, so, I'm wondering if this is actually a, a burner account for James Hetfield, you know. That's what, that's what we're going to go with. You're just sitting there being a complete dick. Part of the medley or standalone, it is a definite champion now. One of the best songs on one of the best albums. How can it be anything else? Yeah, nice. It, prob- it probably isn't James Hatfield, is it? I mean, it's unlikely. Could be. It's fucking or funny m- if it was. Or maybe it's his. Maybe it's his younger brother, Blair. Blair Hatfield. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom Borgia says, "Growing up in brackets, I'm 58. Dum Dum Me never really looked into what Tenement Funster meant. I have a better appreciation for the lyrics now. I know what a Teddy Boy is." I also hear the birthplace of I'm in love with my car. Unfortunately, it's still weak. Dust, but just barely. Oh, there you go. So, it, you know, sees, sees the merit in some of it, but has ended yep. up dusting it. So, yeah, another, another smart man, Tom Boji, right there. Uh, and Prime Jive Funster. You know, uh, you know what he says? His name's Aaron. He says stuff too. And he says, Champion, Roger is so fucking cool, and so is this song. Uh, I like it as a standalone track, but of course, it's a brilliant opener to a fantastic medley uh, on Sheer Heart Attack. I like the good things in life, and this is one of them. Oh. Uh, more than one person making that little joke there now. Yeah. Come on, we need to up our game, folks. We need to up our game. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Pierce. Similar to last week, I really like this song, but it isn't in my top 50%, which is the yardstick I use, so I had to dust it. This shows the quality of the catalog, I reckon. By the way, I always thought the lyrics were, God damn, you're crazy. Yeah, because we were, when you, it's young and you're crazy, is the, but I always thought it was diamonds are crazy, and I'd mentioned that on the, uh, on the podcast. So it, it's just one of those misheard lyrics that just gets stuck in your, in your bizog, or in your brain, up. I should say. Uh, Lynn, at Chris Van 6, says, imagine, I wonder if Chris Van, KRS, maybe a fan of Chris Klein? Mm-hmm. Our, our good friend she's probably never heard of him says imagine being the enraged folks on the lower floor to Roger's Tenement Funster who plays the drums champion it would be quite loud quite loud Lynn <laughs> and Abby says ooh the Roger Shoe song <laughs> ooh Roger Shoe song he's written a car song a shoe song yeah Philip McCarroll says I consider this the better half of the medley and it has enough rough early Taylor charm to comfortably make it into champion territory. If only all drummers could sing like that. <laughs> well, they sure as fuck can't. Scott Vandiver says, Duster for me. I wanted the guitar solo to save it, but it was just so muddled and buried in the mix, it didn't get there. And that is where I wish to be buried. Michael Green says, Amazing song, Champion. Really just started a listening to the full catalog a few years ago. And this is a standout. Wow, nice. Brian Crozier says, champion, uh, as is all of sheer heart attack. I like how you tempted that sh- shite hawk Randy into dusting it so he can reap the rightful disdain and the met- <laughs> metaphorical boot and the boss he deserves as a result. <laughs> Brian, Brian, dial back the hostility. You see how nice everybody else was being? <laughs> <laughs> the boots of the boss came right at the end. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Well, over on Facebook. Sean McGinnity from the Sean Geek and Fastback podcast said Emotional Rescue by the Stones. Pretty sure I played it as a cover at some point. But he's just, uh, just you know, fucking leave it, people. You know, don't, we've done the Emotional Rescue now. It's done and dusted. Um, we're, all, we're all very, very shocked. And then we're all having a hard time coming to terms with the camp. So just 
let us have our time to fucking grieve, okay? Mr. Podcast Guru. He goes on to say, For me, Roger's delivery on his songs are great. So far, I have upvoted everything of his so far. I also just added it to my playlist on YouTube Music. It's that good. Despite not liking Kurgan's theme with its heavy metal riff last week, this is more what Sean likes. Everything from the guitar, even the dissonant solo, works for me. There is a texture to this song I really like. It has a mood. This is a pure win for me. I may hate Winnipeg, but I love me some Roger. I hate Winnipeg. And so our good uh, pal Steve, who also apparently sometimes goes by Pepin, uh, it's a champion, of course. Although I did need time to grow accustomed to this song. It's like drinking coffee or beer the first time. <laughs> At first you don't like it. <laughs> but after a while, <laughs> your side A of sheer heart attack or you can't go without it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. <laughs> Alan Dudney, Dudney looks like a lady, says, champion for me <clears throat> from their brilliant third album. Uh, thanks to Sarah Chappers, I was able to see Roger sing his outside tour version a couple years ago. On hearing the open bars of this beauty, I was immediately transformed back into the 16-year-old me, shouting with the others, We love you, Roger! I still laugh at his reply, You're all men! <laughs> <laughs> this song is 100% champ, and gives me that special queen buzz every time. Ooh, gotta keep going back for that fix, hey, Alan? We might have to do a dude dude do me like a lady <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Although I'm not sure I can hit Stephen Tyler's notes. So, uh, Richard Stott, uh, which I don't think we've heard from Richard in a couple of weeks, I, I, unless I'm wrong on that, says, haven't even finished the episode yet or even got to the wheel spin. But this is a definite champion. Yes, it works better when followed by Flick of the Wrist and uh, Lily of the Valley. Sorry, Randy. This is giving you acronyms there. Uh, but it's still a cracking song in its own right and one of Roger's best Queen lead vocal tracks. Love it. Nick Croft says, champ for me, one of my favorite Roger tracks. You need to listen to the entire album for it to make sense and fit where it does, rather than an isolated track. Uh, Donna Cole-Queeve says, I have never heard of Emotional Rescue. <gasps> but after listening to this episode, I think Mr. Randy may be in need of one. Oh, I joke. This is one of those songs I didn't like at first, but it grew on me. So Randy probably needs more time with it and Sheer Heart Attack. It's a champion, but I noticed it's not on the songs to play in the car with my family playlist, while Flick of the Wrist and Lily of the Valley are. Next time I'm driving to my family, I'll try this trio of songs and see if it gets approval from my better half. There we go. We could we could have a, an independent arbiter settle this once and for all. Mm. Maybe Donica's wife should just be the person who decides all these things. We won't bother fucking polling or voting. We'll just, you know, no. throw it out to him. Donica can just tell us how it went and we'll move on from there. Yeah. And so, yeah, so she's hired and uh, there is no pay. There is no pay. But all you, you will get the eternal thanks and gratitude from the, uh, the church of Go Fuck Yourself. Exactly right. Uh, and Kathy Gallagher says, definitely a champion. The lyrics are brilliant. And so is Roger's voice. So is the musicianship. But that's a given. Yeah, mm. it is. Patrick McCarthy says, champ, if only because I cannot remove it from its context. 70s Roger seems obsessed with idealized youthful rebellion. And that's about as deep as it gets. But within the album, it sounds rugged, sleazy, pretty cool. Just before his relationship with his car got too weird and sexual. <laughs> Rod does like himself a tailpipe. PJ Davis says, I'm a bit behind on the pods with the festive stuff getting in the way, but this is a straight A champ. Get behind. Tend to your pods. family, PJ. Yeah, absolutely. Don't fucking worry about those. Jesus. Now, Alexander Rye says, Mr. Randy, I was surprised, as was Kevin, 
when you voted this a champion, since your reaction was definitely lackluster. I think you were temporarily fearful of the revolt if you dusted this one, but when a loophole was provided, you showed your true colors. <laughs> I love Roger's tracks, even though with questionable lyrics. When Roger sang Tenement Funster during his Outsider tour, I was there for the finale in London, those older Queen fans responded with love and absolute joy to hear Roger sing his old fan favorite 47 years later. Epic champion for me. Give it a listen. You'll prefer the sound of the guitar. So, well, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll fire this up very quickly um, once we're done the, the, the socials here. Yeah, I think so. Russell Watkins says, Champion, one of Roger's finest compositions, an integral ingredient in the Sheer Heart Attack album. As with many Taylor tracks, he brings in another color to the Queen palette. And Michael J. Smith is an absolute champion. Love this song from the first ever listen. Works on its own, as a medley, and even as a pizza topping. What I'm saying is that this song works on all levels. Never had it on a pizza. No. Be, I, admit, I mean, I'll try it, but, you know. You should try it. You should try it. Suzanne Morris is a purple shod. Music, cars, and girls loving delight. Champion. And Serena Shemeka says, yes, exactly what Richard Stott says. I've always loved this track and even on its own. It's just great. And from an even greater album. Kevin, take your sheer heart attack LP round to Randy's house ASAP. And don't forget the beers. Champion. Yes, Kev, anytime you want to just come by and drop off some beers in that album, that'd be great. Uh, right. Do what Serena says. And finally, we have uh, Sarah Chapman. And she says, champ. I think she likes it, Kev. I think she does. And, and you know what? Chappers has very good taste. Chapman's? Yeah. Okay, so I said, yeah, I said we'd listen to a little bit of, before we sort of spin the wheel here and whatnot, Randy, but I said we'd give this a little bit of um, Tenement Funster Live from London 2021, which is from the Outsider Tour Live. So let's, we'll just give it a, a little bit of a listen. Because um, someone said that we might like the guitars a little bit more at the beginning, because it was obviously that acoustic guitar that you really didn't care for how it would have been uh, um, affected and, and produced. Cool. Letter box. Just sound better. My new purple shoes. They're amazing the people next door. Voice sounds pretty good for being an old man there, eh? like two it years does, ago. Yeah. It's better with electric guitar too. Yeah. Got away with the girls on my block. Doing my best to be a real individual. Yeah, sounds pretty. Maybe I'll skip it a little bit for just so we get into the riff, just see how that sounds. But sure, yeah, I I agree that electric guitar at the at the top sounds much better. Sounds better. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. I mean, most yeah, rock good. songs are better live anyway, right? Usually, right? If you've got a half decent fucking band playing them, so. And I don't remember the exact tempo of what the other one was like, but this one certainly feels faster, which I think helps helps quite a bit. Yeah, it might be, you know. Yeah. 
it feels faster. I mean, I'm just going by memory. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's we've done socials and we've listened to a bit of uh, tenement funds, so we'll we'll get back to business. Should we uh, should we listen to some Queen? Sure, I think we should. Is there anything at all that you were thinking you might you might like to listen to? You know, the the time is getting near. For we're only three weeks away from you, or roughly three weeks away from you, fucking off on a plane and leaving me. Mm-hmm. I mean, rather outrageously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is there anything you know that you could, you want to listen to, to to keep in your brain when you leave your your good your good buddy Kev? You know, mm-hmm. um, and next one foreign shows. I want to hear friends will be friends. <gasps> friends will be friends. Well, look at that here. Eh? That would be a good. I mean, it would be fitting, wouldn't it? It'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah, be fitting. Um, I don't listen to friends will be friends. That's not what I want to listen to at all. No. Um, I want to get. I want to get back into jazz. Yeah. And we were doing. We did a, a lyric from a song in the quiz that a few people struggled with, and that's the song I want to listen to tonight. I want to listen to Dreamers Ball. So there we go. Spin that fucking wheel, buddy, and see what happens. So we're going kind of magic. Well, you've got more chance because we've been spinning. We've had like three songs from a kind of magic in the last. Yes, yeah, so we've had like we've had three out of the last eleven songs, or eleven songs have been from kind of magic. So I, I don't, I don't want anything more from that album yet, Randy. You've had enough of that shit, eh? Just means we're probably almost certainly going to get something from it. So yeah, let's spin this bugger up and see what we get, Mister Woods. So we're getting, we're coming round. We're almost at. The... Oh. oh well we're not in the 70s we're not in the 80s we're going back to the 90s randy what are we listening to ride the wild wind from innuendo i believe unless i'm remembering this wrong i think it's another roger track randy is it i do believe so we just can't seem to shake this guy. It's like 25% of the time we've got to have some involvement with this guy. <laughs> well, um, we should um, we should tell the people, Randy. You should tell the people what Me? we're going to do at this point. Yeah. Huh. Well, I think we should all head to our Googlers and do our fucking research. Well, I'll do that. You do that. And everyone else can just sit there patiently and wait for us to be finished. They, they, could, they could Google if they want, Kev. You're not the boss of them. It's not so. I'm fucking saying they don't have to. There's no, you know, you know, just want to take all pressure off. All I'm suggesting is they might want to. Yeah. Ride the Wild Wind, Kevin. Queen mm. wrote it, but uh, we know better because we have this lovely book, Queen All the Songs. It's actually a Roger tune. It's uh, not a short one at four minutes, 43 seconds recorded. Uh, looks like in 1990, uh, Mountain Studios in Montreux and then the Metropolis Studios in London. Uh, both studios I would love to tour sometime. Mm-hmm. Opportunity. So really, uh, I don't really see that there's really too much remarkable uh, information here coming from uh, Queen All the Songs, except that uh, whoever wrote this is insinuating that the lyrics are simple. So I'm yeah. looking forward to hearing it. And you often ask me if I've heard the song before, and I can say with some degree of certainty that I have not heard this. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it looks like we do have uh, uh, 
program drums and stuff coming. So that's always fun. Yeah. When it's, it's one of the things, right? So it's, it's uh, the quote here is that there's sometimes we would start off by programming something and working around it. But in almost every case, we replace the original material with real stuff as we went along. In the old days, you would say, that's very nice as a demo, but now we'll do it properly. Now you can say, that's great as a demo. We'll use this piece and incorporate it into the finished product. So that's where you do get a lot of those sort of, you know, drum machines and, and drum parts coming in where they, and I, I don't know, I, I just, I would still have preferred in almost all cases for them not to use drum machines. Yeah, I know you have a bit of a, I know you have a bit of a uh, 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 hate, hate for drum machines, but I'll tell you this. With, within Queen, just within yeah. Queen. Sure, sure, fair enough. Uh, I, I will say this, just interesting that, that that's brought up that way. And uh, as a recording engineer myself, which I think people probably know that, uh, I always try to record everything as though it's going to be kept. Even yeah. if you think, even if you're pretty sure, oh no, we'll redo this, but this is a demo. It's like, no, you always act as we're going to keep everything because you just never know when all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, this is pretty good. We don't have to re-record it. I sure yeah. wish I'd have done this better or that better. So yeah, good, uh, good advice. Is there ever, has there ever been a case, Randy, where you've been recording where you've sort of got a demo version or a demo part or something? And you have tried to play it a few times and try to get a better take or try to do something different. And you end up going back and just thinking, oh, fuck no, the demo's still the best take. Like That's still the best. Oh, yeah. 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 Definitely. And and a bit like these guys say, you know, like, uh, maybe you have the demo and then you start recording your real instruments over it. And then you just can't quite, you know, get this this one thing working. And so you'll just use use that original demo. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, sound and yeah, and I've got a few of them instances too, like where you can hear, maybe you can hear a click track or you can hear, you know, if you really are listening for it, you can hear some things, which is why you would want to re-record it. But yeah. I think lots of times that stuff just gives, uh, gives music a little personality too. Right. I mean, as long as it's not too distracting. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I remember this song very well. I mean, I haven't listened to this in a fucking long time, so I actually don't remember the solo. Right. I can't, I can't forward, I can't remember it. Like it's not coming to mind. I'm sure that once I hear the first, I don't know, like bar of it, I'll be like, oh yeah, I can't remember where this is going now, but I, I, offhand, I don't really remember it. So there's a couple of parts of this song that are going to be a fairly fresh listen for me. Um, but I remember when it came, when, you know, when Innuendo came out, it's a, it's a rock song and it's a bit more up tempo. And there was some stuff on that album that was a bit more down tempo. So getting something like this, I was like, okay, well that's, you know, um, but you know, I'm 50 years old now, so I kind of wonder. I have no idea where I'm gonna land on this one, Randy. I guess is, I guess what I'm saying. Hmm. So, I'm so going that, in with a very open mind. So all that talking was just to say you don't know what the hell you're gonna think. Yeah. You know me, mate. I can I can pack in 120 words where three will do. <laughs> <laughs> Should we listen to it? No, fuck it. I'm done. All right. We're done. Yeah, okay, so yeah. what do you think then? So is this see one one of the champions, later. or see you next week, motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, hit her. Ride the wild wind. Gonna ride the wild wind It ain't dangerous Enough for me 
So before the song starts, I think if I just sent you that first verse, the lyrics, and said, who do you think wrote this? I think you'd have a pretty good fucking chance of guessing 61 episodes into this podcast. Yes. Yes, it would. And that culprit is delivering those wonderfully cheesy lines in the background there <laughs> between Freddie. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I love it. Uh, it's great. I love it. It's, it's always, it's only ever funny when it's done sincerely. I and know. That's, that's the issue with Roger, right? He does yeah. deliver these lines yeah. so <laughs> completely sincerely. And, and again, I'm not going to rip into the lyrics too much yet because this is the only opening verse and, you know, we've already had one Roger song where we sort of shredded the lyrics a bit, but we upvoted the song, so... Yeah. Yeah. He's got a free pass long, long enough is what you're trying to say. <laughs> well, let's see. Get your head down, baby. Yeah. We're going to ride tonight. Your angel eyes. And I, I was reading too, Randy. I wasn't aware of this, but it, from what I'm reading, the um, the baseline is pretty much note for note, very similar to. And which again, we should have, probably have a listen to this. Um, a song called Shakespeare's Sister by the Smiths, which I don't know, and I know that we're going to get sharp intakes of breath from some of our listeners now. I just can't deal with the Smiths because Morris's voice, dear fucking god. I, I just I cannot I cannot deal with it, Randy. I just I can't do it. It's one of those voices that just makes me want to go out and kill, you know, kill and kill and kill and kill. So I just I just I don't listen to it for that reason, you know. Kill and just kill some more. Kill everything all to death. And also th- that sound of the car there, which you know it's Roger. So it's that's, like, that's another car song. You gave me a chuckle too right away. It's like, oh, Rod, come on, give it up, buddy. We know you like cars. Well, it's an Audi Quattro S1 Group B rally oh, of car. Of course it is. I want to take your hand Lead you from this place Gonna leave it all behind Check out of this rat race right. So forget the course here, did we see... So John is playing bass on this here because it sounds quite synthy to me. It, it sure does to me, yeah. Yeah. What is are they crediting him as bass? Um, they were in in yeah, yeah, like it is, Queen yeah. all the songs, but I'm just gonna quickly look Randy on the just see if there's any clues in the liner notes. Oh yeah, it says bass on uh on everything but um Bijou, which there's no bass on that track on the album. So Well, I mean he could have played he could have played the synth part. Right? True, yeah, true. Yep. But it does say that um synthesizers were done by Freddie and Roger, so fuck, I don't know. Hmm. Hard to say. The wild wind. Hey, 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 hey. Ride the wild wind. Hey, hey, hey. Gonna ride the wild wind. It ain't dangerous. Now, I'm gonna. Quickly say then I might flick it back here just a, a few bars, Randy, because I'm I have always been convinced that when he's when it says gonna ride the world whirlwind, it sounds to me like Freddie sings whirlwind. Hmm. So you tell me if I'm wrong and if I'm crazy here. I might be, but it's always sounded like that to me. So give it a listen. Sure. One sec. I just want to hmm. I want to point this out. 
he could be playing. Uh, Deke could be playing with a pick. He could he could be playing. He this could be real base. Yeah, and and it seems to be like it seems like like maybe he's playing with a pick. Okay, I'll, I'll listen. I'll listen again and 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 report back. But yeah, let's see. Let's check this out. Whirlwind. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like sounds maybe like it, wor- it? sounds like maybe world world wind. Yeah, because you know, ride because he seems to ride the wild wind. Yeah, so it's sort of bad. One thing I remember about this song. Yeah. Tie your head back, baby. We're gonna ride tonight. We got freaks to the left. We got jerks to the right. Sometimes I get so low. I just have to ride. So, what do you think on that bass then, Randy? Giving it a bit more of a listen. Yeah, I think it's him. I think he's really playing it. Yeah, yeah I don't think it's a machine. Just playing it pretty fucking great with a pick. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean. Obviously, Deaky can play tight and, you know, give you the impression it is a machine, but no, he's just like super <laughs> locked in, right? Yeah. That's, that's what you... I think. And if, if anybody knows better, yeah, like educate me. That's that's what I think, yeah. Yeah, we always like finding out when we're wrong, folks, because we really are just sort of guessing here. And it is difficult if you can't hear all the, the tracks separated out, but oh, that's a bit more, Andy. We're two minutes and 17 seconds in. Mm-hmm, it's been mm-hmm. pretty steady so far. We've been mm-hmm. sticking in a in a ride the wild wind groove, and maybe we're gonna maybe we'll get a bit of a change coming up. Oh, I maybe. Hey? Oh, let me take your hand. Let me be your guide. Ooh, ride the wild wind. Don't sit on the fence. Hey, hey, hey. Audi Quattro again, Randy. He's Zooming. yeah, he's he's getting his money's worth out of that fucking sample. Hey? <laughs> yeah, and there, there you go. There's a there's an an Audi, Audi Quattro S1 Group B in action for you, Randy. Well, it's a pretty sweet looking car, man. <laughs> it's very fast. It sounds very fast. Sounds really fast. Which is why I'm sure Roger likes it. <laughs> yeah. Remember when I said like I wasn't sure what the solo sounded like, and once it starts, I I was like, yeah, oh yeah, now I remember. It's going to do that that ascending run thing. Then he's going to do the doodly doodle hula hoodler at the top. 
and mm-hmm. I, could, I instantly remembered it as soon as it started. And that's funny, hey? How you know you can yeah. you can not listen to a song for like twenty years or whatever, and but you just it's just locked in. You just know it, you know. Yeah, I don't know if you're like me, but I always in my brain, uh, even so sometimes outside of my brain, but I sing <laughs> the solos in 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 my head. Oh yeah, yeah, and and, def- and, and horn lines ridiculously how much the horn lines i sing in my head more than probably the lyrics uh so yeah so that's that's what i'm saying is all of a sudden you're what that's 1990 this was recorded and released you know mm-hmm. so 34 years ago you're 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 deep you're way back in the back part of your brain kev that's where that's that's where that's stored so no no real drums on this track randy no no and it sounds like sounds like a machine it's pretty straight as well, right? Like it's not really, it's not changing up. There's nothing really being added. It's a, it's a pretty straight drum track, which I think, you know, it's fine to do that sometimes if you're going to move, make movements around the song in different areas. You know, the bass and the drums have really kept that same thing. And there's been a few different chord changes and key changes here and there, but it's pretty straight, hey? Like it's it's sticking on the rails, which again, if it's a, if it's a speed song and it's a, a vehicle song, then maybe sticking to the rails like breakthrough, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Yeah. That bass sounds fantastic there. Yeah, a little walk like the <laughs> walk like an Egyptian there too, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna skip it back to the wee bit because it sounds like we're getting a little ascending run too on the bass, I think. know randy that roger taylor was actually invited to come and uh either audition or just be brought straight into the band um that phil collins ended up being the drummer for genesis you know that mm. nope phil collinsy kind of tone and what he's doing to the drums here and then sort of phil collins later stuff too right mm-hmm. yeah i think roger could have could have filled that stool in pretty easily I think so too, and I wonder how it would have changed the dynamic of Genesis. Well, you'd have to it'd have to have been huge to all of a sudden bring a guy like Roger in with his writing. Yeah, he was more. He was more. You know, he was more than just a drummer, right? Yeah, hundred you know, percent. Obviously, singer, compo- you know, writer, drummer. I don't know how long how long it would have lasted with Mike Rutherford and Tony Banks and Steve Hackett and Peter Gabriel. I don't yeah. think that would have been a good fit. Probably not. <laughs> Probably why it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all those uh chart house boys you know yeah and roger be like no 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 we just need the car sound effect just a few <laughs> more times guys trust me it's gonna be huge you're gonna no seriously people are gonna love it they're gonna you know and they'd be like what the fuck's wrong with you man play your fucking kit like walking across the sitting room i turned the television off 
No, you can't put it in there, you fucking. <laughs> 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 You quite, I always quite like that little did 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 thing that Brian's doing there in the outro. Oh, quite yeah. like that bit. Nice. Well, that's that, right. hey. All right. Well, you know, when it's a song that Randy doesn't know, as our regular listeners will be aware, we listen to the song again so that Randy can hear that without, you know, without interruption. Um, sometimes we'll slide it back a little bit here and there and talk about a few things, mid things, but we'll listen to it again, and then we'll come back and we'll vote on "Ride the Wild Wind" from 1991's Innuendo. Ride the wild wind. Hey, 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 hey. There you go, Randy. Ride the wild wind. Yeah. I think we did. I think we I think we just got our sails out and we just just let that wind just fucking push us on down the street. <laughs> but did we ride the whirlwind? That's the question. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm pretty sure I voted la- first last time, didn't I? I'm 95% sure you did, yeah. Um, so that puts you in a difficult spot, doesn't it? So, Kev, what are you going to do with this one? Is this a champion, or does it bite the death? Don't think this one's going to surprise you. And another one gone! So we were in disagreement last week, but this week, I'm not sure if we are, but I'm not going to second guess you because last week you talked all kinds of trash about it and then upvoted yeah. it, you know? So is this one, one of the champions for you, Mr. Woods, or are you going to join me in the dust pile? Um, like I said, coming into the song, I, I genuinely wasn't 100% sure I was going to vote on this because mm. I remember liking this song as a kid. You know, when I was 18 and this came out and it was a new Queen record and I was very excited, I, I think I just sort of, I, I just didn't hear anything that was sort of, you know, the, the things that I hear now that I don't like about it, I just didn't hear them. I just heard the those drums, which in 91 definitely wouldn't have, sound, wouldn't have sounded as dated either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? They wouldn't have sounded that. And we're now... That drum machine, just fine. I just really just straight up don't like it. I also don't love the vocal melody, which is unusual for Fred. And Freddie sings it fine, but he also doesn't sing the absolute living shit out of it either, which he does on a lot of the songs on this record. Yeah. And then just everything's just it's way too repetitive and way too long. It just never gets anywhere. It never goes anywhere. Like I was saying, you know, it's, it's fine to stay on the rails, but and maybe where they're trying to sort of swoop those guitars in, there's that, that little flash of organ, and there's that bloody awful synth. You know, when after we're going to ride tonight, let Brian play that on the guitar. But they just don't do enough to get this move in any direction to make me give a shit about it in 2024, Randy. So there, that's that's my assessment. I don't have a ton to say about it because I just don't think it's a very strong song. Sounds like sounds like what it is actually, really a Rod, what should have been a Roger Taylor solo song. So what you're trying to say is it had you in 1991. Mm-hmm. 2024, don't got you no more. Don't got me. Yeah. 
it, it really doesn't have you. It's really not got me. It's really exactly. not got me. It doesn't work, does it? Let's see that you've got to go with this. <laughs> well, I was just gonna I was gonna say there's actually it was a moment a moment in the in the uh, in the early verse where it, it almost sounds kind of like a Billy Idol tune a little bit. Yeah. Which you know I guess wouldn't be an entirely bad thing to go for, but you know, and and it's, I'm sure it's coincidental, but uh, hey, you guys are you guys are queen. So I uh, so yeah, the lyrics are are the lyrics are, are really not good, right? I, I you oh. know like like really shitty, I would say. And I don't like, and then I don't like the chorus much. If I'm <laughs> no. being honest with you. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, and those hey hey's hey hey's all that's just like, what's going on? We, do we yeah. need this? Like, you guys could have wrote a lyric. Like, uh, and then and then so and then the Roger talking in the in the background, the push the envelope, don't sit down on the fence. It's just like, yeah, as as the the kids would say, it's cringe, Kev. It's cringe. It's and I'll and I'll put another I'll put another word in front of it, and I would say it's. Uber cringe, uber cringe. But, yeah, if you want to go, if you want to go back to Gen X, uh, I'd call it cheese orama. Uh, <laughs> it's bad, is what I'm trying to say. I don't like it at all. Uh, and I would say the if there was any sort of saving grace, Brian's guitar solo is great. Uh, it it also yes. really it really sounds like his old tone too, which I really appreciate. And it's really sort of in his in in that kind of style too, which you know, yeah. You know, I don't want the guy to. You know, to not not progress, but for for my dollar, uh, I dig that. And you're right, Kev. The, uh, the melody just the melody just isn't isn't really terribly strong. So uh, so so then what you know what are the good things? Uh, I think the bass is cool. Like it's 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 on point. The drums don't really bother me like they bother you yeah. at all, actually. Uh, it, nor does the cheesy synth sound. It doesn't. I, I, as a matter of fact, I kind of like it. Mm. Um, but overall, uh, overall, I just don't really care much for the song, which is really at the end of the day, which was really, there's just not enough of the good stuff to, to, to pull it, pull it on through. So, yeah. Something, something we've gone to, something we've gone to quite often, quite often is that, you know, you can tell Queen, you can tell a fucking Queen song because it sounds like a Queen song. And this is another one that just doesn't. Mm -hmm. I said, it really does sound like, you know, a lot of the Freddie solo stuff that they bring in, it would get worked on. You know, yeah. Freddie worked on Radio Gaga. Like he, he changed quite a few things in Kind of Magic. He changed things in those songs to get them to a place where they were better for the band. Well, obviously, 1990, 1991, Fred's not well enough to do that. So he's really just coming in singing over top of most of these songs. I'm, I'm sure I don't, like, again, if anyone out there knows better, please do correct me on that. But I yeah. think at that stage, they're really just, they're trying to get as many songs that are, that are, and it is still a song. Like it's not. It's not a half baked idea. I think there. I think it is a song. It's just not a very good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Like like we said, when we, once we established it is, it is. We're pretty sure it's Deaky playing. Actually, yeah. a really fucking cool bass part. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty impressive playing. Uh, play, playing those sixteens, I suppose. Hey. Yeah. Should we, let's give. It, I was talking about bass. Let's give this um, Smith track, and I'll just have to tune out Morrissey's fucking caterwauling. But I want to listen to this bass line because we'd read that it's, it's very similar. Yeah. I, I, I would argue, and I would argue this, and I would say I could probably find some evidence, but uh that's that's uh that'd be a very familiar three notes played together. Yeah. I mean what the what the fuck, right? I mean Yeah. Uh you know. My it's guess like, from there is that it's just the Shakespeare's Mr. by the Smiths was nineteen eighty seven, I'm looking at. 
So maybe it was just in the writer's mind when they when they did the Wikipedia page or the, whoever the commentator was that they just yeah. knew that song. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, another track from Innuendo. I think with that seven we've done now from Innuendo, Randy. I think we've got. Yeah, it's uh, almost got that sucker put to bed. You'd think. We've got five left because there are twelve tracks from that album, but we've knocked another one off, um, and one that yeah just didn't just didn't do it for us. You know. Nope. So we're just under, we're under 50% now between the two of us, Randy. Um, kind of curious to see how this one goes. Well, so far, you, you, we're, unite, we're unanimous on everything on the uh, innuendo. I'm going to be surprised if we differ on innuendo. I think we're going to up and down vote things pretty fucking, pretty similarly on this album. Right. It's one of the few albums where we might hit every single song we might vote the same way. With the yeah. exception, possibly, of one that I'm thinking of. But. Right. Okay. Well, let's say, I mean, we should try and guess what the uh, the fine people of uh, the internet are going to say about this one, Randy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's another one where I'm really, really, really not sure. There's a lot of people who, well, as we saw last week, or as you learned last week, there's a lot of people who love Roger unconditionally. Roger yep. can do no wrong. I mean, Roger's not singing this one, so maybe that'll flip it a little bit. Um, yep. There's a lot of people who are, I'll say i think there are some people who are a little bit over sentimental about innuendo um you asked me you know earlier as just as we were start start our listen through re-listen through about what i thought of innuendo and it's a song an album that i fucking loved at the time and i still it's got that sentimental spot and i think the highs of innuendo are really high but i think it's also an album that shows that this is a band that's kind of just getting that last album done more or less so right. I don't, it's not, a, it's not a strong album as a whole, I don't think. But I know, I'm pretty sure Lisa Malloy, or maybe Lynn Davidson, I can't remember who, maybe Lynn Davidson's going to fucking cream me for that one, because I know that one of those two loves that album, so maybe right. both. Right. So yeah, so I'm, I'll, fuck, I don't know. I, I, I think this might come back just dust. So I'm going to say 45-55. That's where I'm kind of landing with this one because I'm really, really, really not sure, and it wouldn't surprise me at all actually if it came back as a champion, like a narrow champion. I don't think it's going to be over. Like if it went over sixty percent, that would really surprise me. Okay, I'll go fifty-five then. Fifty-five, forty-five the other way. Yep. All right. But you know, there's going to be lots of people that like it, Kev. Oh, it does absolutely. Rock. It's got a good. It's got a good tempo. You know. It's just, man, I'm I'm kind of disappointed in it. Listening back to it again, like for the first time in a long time, and sort of, I actually wonder whether subconsciously I've avoided listening to it because I kind of knew it wasn't great, right. and I've just sort of let my brain say, "Well, no, I liked it when I was a kid, so just leave it, leave it there, you know, leave it in the past." That's you know, yeah, but it's not what we do on this podcast, Randy. I can't, I can't say, "Well, I don't want to listen to this song because it might upset my feeling," because we yeah. all know I have a feeling, a very big one. Kev, he just has one, so everybody just keep that in mind. It's quite fragile, but no, uh, the thing is, is you were what, how old were you when this came out? 18. 18, Yeah. And in the military, I was sort of fucking young, confused. I can guarantee you what I listened to at 18. Let's just say that, you know, let's on the whole, the hundred percent of what I listened to at 18, I would like maybe fucking what? 15% of it now. Do you know what I mean? You you grow. It's so, so, and, and you know. You grow and you change and your tastes change and your idea of what's good and bad changes. And so, yeah, it's, it's you know. Uh, and, you I sure know th- and I sure think it, it should. 
well yeah and as, as much of as much as there's so much in nostalgia involved with queen uh there is that to factor in too right and i'm sure i'm sure for lots of people who did like x song when they were 15 now at this age are going oh yeah no you know, despite it being queen they're like no nah, no nah, this doesn't work for me anymore so yeah well another one of those songs too that i think with a better lyric i think i could make more apologies for it i think i could find more things in it to sort of yeah maybe push me closer to the line i'm not sure if anything would get me over the dust line on this one because yeah. i'm not i'm not i'm not close to 50 percent on this one but this is yeah. a pretty hard duster for me as it stands with yeah. a better lyric and no fucking car sound effects maybe i get yeah. closer to the mark yeah but then you still have the like for me like i said the the chorus i just don't even really like the chorus too much so. no i don't there's just not there's just kind of nothing there it's just yeah, so I, I like I don't think lyrics would would save it for me, but it's funny too, eh? For a Rod song, it doesn't build anywhere. But mm-hmm. there's no moment in it. There's usually a there's usually some kind of moment in a Roger song of some description, but there's just nothing in this. It starts, yeah. doesn't change, and then it ends after four and a half minutes. Yeah. Which just I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And there's a those couple there's a couple of dropouts at the end which are a little I mean they're intentional, but they they're again yeah. they kind of serve no purpose, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, Randy, I know what I'm going to do, though, in this episode. What are you going to do? Yeah. I'm going to add lots of car sound effects because apparently car sound effects make everything way cooler. They do. They do. And uh, and maybe we can get Raj to tune into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll be like, you know, like the do- there's a, that dog whistle and the dogs are like, oh, they can hear it and they run to their owner. Maybe he'll just kind of hear it and he'll be like, holy fucking hell. There's there's cars sound effects going on somewhere right now. <laughs> and I better fucking tune in. And then he'll be us fucking jacking in. He's here fucking ripping a new one for his shitty fucking lyrics. <laughs> like that scene in Superman where uh, Lex Luthor sets off the dog whistle and Superman's like, oh. that's roger and he's in his with his his underpants over top of his microscope that's an audi quattro s1 (laughs) get get me a pair of headphones start (laughs) somebody hit record immediately (laughs) i'm feeling a song coming on here guys You know, well, it, you know how that you know how that audio always gets me all fucking pumped up. <laughs> it really puts the Audi in my quattro. <laughs> Raj loves cars, doesn't he? Kevin and I both thought "Ride the Wild Wind" was akin to smelling a breeze-blown fart. That's right wafting through the air, aching for your wide-open nostrils. Oh, my, my. We've almost got innuendo done, and I'm anticipating a far less smelly song next week. If I were to title this episode, I'd call it Don't Sit on the Fence, or possibly Why Didn't Someone Buy Raj a Rhyming Dictionary? We genuinely appreciate your support and engagement, so you can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at Queen Seaside. We'll be back with you next week to chat about Queen. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Park with you. Seaside Park with you. Give us a kiss.
Kirby. He looked at me and he said, you are joking, aren't you?